Hello and welcome to the Explore Your Core podcast. I'm the host Elise and on this podcast we delve inwards and explore how some incredible people are following their own passion and purpose and how you can find yours too. Today I'm joined by Rai who is one of the founders of the Cool To Be Conscious which is an incredible community and a movement which is inspiring consciousness and holistic living and I'm so excited to be able to chat to you today so thank you so much for joining. Yeah firstly thank you for thank you for having me you know it's such a a beautiful opportunity to share and you know potentially inspire others to to question things and look inward and, and give these things a go that's what um what could be conscious is all about and it's so epic that in this day and age we can use these platforms to have conversations even though we're miles apart but still feel really interactive and it's it's cool now that people can tap into and, and join us in a way yeah yeah and i'm really excited to understand a little bit about how you've got to where you are and if we can wind back a little bit i would love to understand i guess where this spark from your first initial thoughts mm-hmm. or realizations that you wanted to do something a bit bigger like i've heard you've grown up at a farm and that may have been your life what and how did that kind of start to change yeah <clears throat> it's a big question mm-hmm. and you know there's there's so many different starting points to, to answer this one you know i could go back to when i was a kid and when my parents split and I was facing that adversity of separation and fear. But for me, the, the catalyst of the beginning of really starting to look after my health was having severe panic attacks. It was the total shutdown of the body. You know, for for me, a saying that I always go by for people that are beginning this journey to look inward and to really start assisting themselves is, what must you go through in order to really reflect, to zoom out and to look at what you are putting into your body? What are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What habits are you incorporating into your life? And how are you how are you living? What must you go through in order to zoom out in that way? You know, and my biggest mission right now is to not have people to go through a whole variety of suffering to be able to do that. You know, for me, I had to go through all the suffering. I had to get to that breaking point where my body was completely shutting down. You know, for many people, it's that or it's a relationship ending. It's severe illness. It's a heart attack. It's a disease. It takes something to make us go, okay, what's happening here? Let's let's just stop for a moment, take a breath and reflect on our life objectively. And for me, it was the panic attacks. I started having these severe panic attacks and, I guess that was the catalyst of the beginning. You know, I didn't want to know what the beginning was. I had no really understanding or awareness around what health was. You know, I thought I was a healthy dude. I thought I was doing it good. You know, I thought my life was okay. I was healthy. I was physically fit, but I wasn't aware of the destruction and the chaos that was happening inside of my body. You know, and that obviously manifested in the physicality of the panic attack. And it made me it made me stop and put the brakes on for a moment. And I had that opportunity to to look at myself in the mirror and go, what's going on here? You know, and for so long, I was in denial of that. For so long, I thought I was healthy. I was doing all the things from the outside. I, I looked great. I looked healthy. And I was perceived from many people that I was doing okay in the world. But internally it was it was self-destruction it was um depression it was anxiety and you know now looking 
into myself and, and almost psychoanalyzing my whole life, I realized that many people are in the same position, putting on a brave face and the mask that we can see from the outside, but we start to unravel and further dive into people. There's a lot of chaos going on. There's a lot of self-destructive uh, mechanisms and, and patterns and behaviors that are playing out. So the mission with with what we do is creating a space and enabling people to to sit in the stillness, to basically reflect on their life and to to have those internal dialogues with yourself to be able to go, hey, am I actually happy here? Am I am I safe here? Am I okay here? Or do I want to make changes? And and that's the whole philosophy with Gotta Be Conscious. It's using simple practices and tools to basically create that. You know, so many of us don't have space. We don't have or give ourselves the opportunity to actually stop. And we're unaware of the overstimulation, not only within the brain, but within our environment. And we don't get time to go stop and put a, put a comma or a full stop in our story that we're creating or that we're a part of. You know, many people get these moments in the shower when they're, when they're sharing and they have these breakthroughs or these realizations. And that is a direct reflection of the presence that the shower brings. And, and we can create this throughout our day if we just understand the modalities and tools that can enable us to get to these places that the shower brings us. In short, that is that is the story, that is the philosophy, and that's how we got to where we are today. For me, it was the breaking point. It was that destruction of my body. We can we can dive into that further if, if you want to explore that a little a little bit more, maybe to give more context for people in, in terms of what I was doing, how I was coping how I was escaping myself and how unaware I was of what I was doing I guess is a, is a big one because I always like to give some storyline around potentially some of the actions that I was taking and using to run away from myself in a way and, and you know people that are listening are going oh man like I'm in that same position I I understand them and I may be doing the same thing without having that awareness, you know, and yeah, I guess this is just a good place to start. Um, so that's, that's, that was the beginning. It was, that was putting the comma and the full stop in my life after the panic attacks and going, who am I? Like, who am I? And what am I doing to myself? What's causing this issue? There was a lot of, there was a lot of embarrassment and judgment when I did make that decision to self-reflect, it was very vulnerable for me because taking off the mask and letting go of the deniability of that I am actually very unhappy and unwell was a surrender and an acceptance to where I was at, you know, and I didn't know where to go from there. It was just recognizing that I was unhappy and I, I wasn't actually safe inside of myself, very scared very scared so yeah that was that was a big moment in my journey looking back it was it was very unstable and I'm, I'm lucky I did have the people around me that I did you know I had my best mate who supported me through those 48 hours where I was in complete destruction complete fear um, of myself because when I had opened up to him and, and basically said that I'm not okay and I, I do need help. I don't know what to do. I was, I was very suicidal as well because 
for me, I had just shown somebody the most vulnerable part of myself that I'd been hiding and running away from for probably 10 or so years. So for me to be that version of myself and to be that authentic, I felt like I felt naked. I felt like the world was looking at me and it was the scariest feeling, you know? So in that moment was yes, the beauty in me being acceptance of myself, but also it was the fear of frick of being seen here. And in that same moment, the double bladed sword here was like, we've got work to do and this is the beginning of the journey. But on the other side of that was, I don't know if I can do this. And it was terrifying. I wanted to check out. I wanted to leave. I wanted to disappear, you know, and that for me was, that was terrifying. I made my mate stay with me like by my side. And then secondly, I went straight home. I went back to my, my mom and I said, mom, don't leave me. I'm, I'm so afraid that I'm going to do something stupid. And I knew deep down that I didn't want to do that. But the ego was like, mate, this isn't you. This isn't you, mate. And it was scary for that part of myself to be seen in that. So I basically made mum stay with me for a week as I just started to process and unravel and break down all of that emotion that was arising in my body. And from there, it was it was seeking support, you know, and in the modern medical model it was seeing a psychologist you know it's seeing a psychologist that's what we're told to do that's what helps it's what assists us if we're in a mentally unstable position and for me that's what was first you know mental illness um runs in my family unfortunately and that comes from inherited trauma you know inherited patterns and behaviors that have been passed down through generations and the family have all had their dose of severe trauma and have had the issues with mental health. And yeah, mum's mum's brother was in a pretty bad place for a while there, um, around the same time as, as I was. And he had a an amazing psychologist work with him and pull him out of that place and guided him back into the light. And mum made me promise that I would see the psychologist. And for me, I was very proud. I was I was a country boy. I was a bloke, I was tough, I was strong, I was always that big energy at parties, like no one would have ever thought that I was in the position that I was inside of myself from what I was showing outside of myself, you know. So when I promised her to go see the psychologist, that was a big step for me, that was a big move, huge. I was always the guy that never asked for help, never asked for support. I've got this, I can get through this, you know, I'll fucking pick my chin up, I'll pull my shoulders back and I'll, I'll work through it, you know. And looking back, that was what was causing the the combustion and the compaction of the emotional body and what was what led me to the breakdown physically. But the psychologist was a, as a massive step for me. It was the first time that I had, I'd felt seen and heard by somebody and it really reiterated to me how powerful um, the practice of verbalizing and talking and speech therapy is. And I've never experienced anything like that before in my life, you know, and just having the space and ability to talk to somebody about everything and anything in my life was just fucking a breath of fresh air. I'd felt free. I felt light for the first time and since I could remember. And, you know, yes, we've got friends, we've got family that, you know, are meant to be supportive, but, they, they never knew how to hold that space. They never knew how to, you know, really stop and 
and create safety for me to, to talk into these things. And neither did I. I never had any understanding either of how to create that for my mates. So it's this lack of education in modern society that lacks a, a depth of understanding for one another. You know, there's so many things that go unspoken that just build up to this these issues of severe anxiety, depression, and suicide, you know. So having that chat with that psychologist that day was a massive breakthrough for me. And it was the first time that I'd connected with somebody that was more spiritually connected, you know, and she said very few words, but her presence, her eye connection with me was the most intimidating yet safest thing that I'd ever felt in my life. You know, she was just looking at me in the eyes and talking to me and I was going, holy shit. I could, my body was reacting. I could feel this energy coming in and it was profound. And I'll never forget the words that she said to me. And at the end of the session, at the end of the session, she said to me, you know what to do, just do it. You know what to do, just do it. And that was like reiterating that I can trust myself again. And that was a big breakthrough in that moment. But what I took from that session and I implemented was the drinking. I just stopped drinking. I was drinking every week. It was destructive it was my coping mechanism it was my way out of my reality it was the way out of my thoughts it was the way out of my feelings and I was using that to to hold on to what I was grasping from life it was it was the crux it was the only way that I could sustain how I felt you know throughout the week if I didn't have the alcohol at the end of the week to reset and to lose my mind then it was getting a lot it was getting too noisy for me and I could I couldn't cope so the alcohol had to go, you know, and she, she said to me, if, if you continue drinking, you're going to end up in a, in a very, very unstable mental place. And so I did, I promised myself 12 months, I'll do 12 months and holy shit, those that are listening that, you know, are drinking every weekend and potentially know and understand that this is causing harm in their mental states. You don't know until you know, you know, and, and we don't know how, how good we can feel until we feel it. I thought I was healthy. I thought I felt great. I thought I felt okay. But looking back, I did not. I did not feel okay. I did not feel great. I was far from that. And it was only you know, a couple of months of, of sobriety that really enabled me to come out of the fog and to, to, to feel that new sense of clarity in myself and, and also energetically felt amazing. So for me, that was a, a big piece to my journey was the alcohol. It was a a real doorway and step for me into these high states of consciousness that I'm sure we're going to talk into a bit, bit further through the story. But I guess that gives you an understanding and the listeners an understanding of where, where I was at before I began this journey and what created the beginning of the journey for me. And as I said, you know, for many people and for every single human, it's a different, it's a different start. You know, the starting point is never the same for anybody. And, it can never be the same. It's It's got to be individual, authentic, and organic to you. And, and that's what I say to people that are, are trying to force the journey on, that are trying to force the development on um, and trying to start that journey because it's a, it's a fad or it's a, it's a fashionable thing or it's, you know, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. No, just let your journey unfold. Wherever you are is where you are in the journey and be there, you know, and, and just... Yeah, start listening to the little signs that are beginning to maneuver you in the right direction or the new direction and trusting in those signs and signals and 
you know, for me, it was the constant tonsillitis and the illness that was for me that the first pushes or first signs that I was ignoring. And then it was the shutting down of the nervous system and the panic attacks that was like the bus coming in and going, you're not stopping, we're going to stop you. Thank you so much for sharing as well so much. It's interesting because you can almost, you can cruise through life without having to challenge those things. Like you could just be that slightly bit unhappy and keep drinking. You, You know, you live life not content, but not enough, but to actually actively open it up is almost like setting that self-destruction off yourself. Like you didn't have to dig deeper, but when you do, so much comes up and it's such a scary place. So good on you for getting through. But yeah, it's interesting that you don't have to, and even with like the high frequency of consciousness, you don't have to dig in. Like I feel like a lot of my things that I'm working through or problems are almost self-inflicted, but that I don't have to go through and change the way that I live and change how I think and realize all these things but it's so insightful when you do and I think as well yeah I guess that in itself opens its own can of worms that has been I guess really key and integral to you doing the work that you do in the journey you are but you could have easily cruised and I think that's where the drinking comes in as well it's so easy to just be like well no I'm not really happy doing this but what's the alternative? Like the alternative is so much harder. Like if I'm not going out on the weekends drinking, do I have to seek activities myself? Do I have to seek friends that aren't drinking as well? It's a really hard space that sometimes it's easier to just retract. And I'd be interested to know how that journey then played out. You've now kind of understood that you want to seek something a bit differently. How did that go out in your day-to-day life? Yeah, there's a, there's a, a few awesome points that you brought up there and it was, it, it was the the mundane lifestyle that you can just gently glide through and be okay and be happy and be content with your life, you know. And for many people, they are. They're content with where they're at and with the lifestyle that they're living and they'll just sit there because it's comfortable, you know. We as human beings, we're being taught throughout society to, to seek that comfort and, and to find that level of, I feel, pressure, of stress, of joy that feels good you know and it wasn't until I started to really unravel myself emotionally and physically where I began to understand that entering high states of consciousness not only comes with more self-awareness and understanding but it comes with a whole load more of energy a whole load more of energy and for me that was what was captivating me you know I was someone that would get through my weekday, my working week, and I'd be pretty fat- pretty fatigued by the weekend. I'd still go out and drink and party and do all the things, but I was knackered. And I would nap, you know, when I could as well, any opportunity I could. Even on smoker breaks, when I was working as a tradie, I'd close my eyes and have a wee nap for 15 minutes. And the more I've understood the connection between the emotional and physical body, the more that you realize that Elevating consciousness is really decluttering and alleviating a lot of the emotional strain that's on the physical body, and it enables you to enter these high states of consciousness or high states of energy. And that, for me, was a a really awesome connection that I was able to put together. And it's a big reason why we are so passionate about doing what we're doing, because we're not only assisting people into these more connected, um, intuitive states, but they're more energetic they've got more value for life and more ability to enjoy more of life. You know, they're not needing and relying on the midday nap and they can go and gym and 
as many times as they want a week and they're not being fatigued and they've got a lot more recovery ability as well. It's It's got so many, so many amazing benefits, but on the same and in the same breath, it comes with the sensitivity as well. You, your sensitivity levels get turned right up. Yes, you feel the elations, the joy, the love, but also in the same moment, you can feel the deeper sensations as well of the pain, the hurt and the destruction in which we we witness and we're a part of in this world. It's like the, the polarity becomes very predominant and that's what comes with it too. It's the, it's the double-edged sword. But circulating back to your question around that transition from going out every single weekend and being a part of those friend groups and having to navigate, that was a real challenge for me. And it was it was scary. It was lonely. And I believe it's a big reason why we have become so passionate about creating community. You know, for me, I was I was alone for a lot of my journey. I was up in Mount Monganui, Tauranga, and I started living in my van. At the time of the beginning of my journey, I was in a flat, and a flat loved to party. They were always partying. And for me, that was a massive challenge to be surrounded by that environment and to stay centered. It was when I first started journeying with breathwork, and I remember hiding in my room doing these breathwork practices because my friends thought I was, or my flatmates thought I was crazy when they could hear me breathing. And that was that was for me a, a big challenge in, in that environment. And I knew that I had to leave that environment. And this is when I started to work on my van. I started building up my van. And I knew that this was a huge new chapter for me, was moving out of the flat and moving into my van. And when I did that, I truly believe it was when I stood into and stepped into my masculinity a lot. I was someone that was always insecure and unable to be on my own. And to step into the van and find solitude was profound. It was so profound. Being with myself, yes, it brought up a lot of shit and it brought up a lot of thoughts. And, you know, those that are doing this and that are in van life can understand that it creates a lot of time to introspect and self-analyze your life, you know, and this is a beautiful opportunity just to sit with whatever is coming through. So that process in itself was amazing. And then navigating the friend groups that I was in was another challenge on top of that because they all knew me for the guy that came out, that drank, that was fun, that was energizing to the scenarios or the, the parties. I was always a big energy. And for me to let go of that identity was a big death in itself, you know, and for these people to now receive me from the person that I was showing up as, not for the old version of myself, was confronting for them and it was confronting for me because I was afraid of how they were perceiving me. I was afraid that I was going to lose their love or lose that connection. I was afraid that they were going to judge and of course that came. Ryan's fucking off with the fairies now. He's doing the fucking crazy breathwork stuff and and that was scary because as a human being at our core, like we, we are community we're thriving beings in community like we thrive connection we're, we're connective beings and what we're most afraid of is losing that connection whatever you're doing and wherever you are in your life you're always desiring to feel connected to somebody or something no matter what it is you know and even if it is damaging your body even if it is damaging your emotional state you'll still stay with these people or that friend group because you don't want to feel disconnected going back to the days and tribes if we were disconnected, we were not in that tribe, we would actually die. So it comes back to a survival mechanism that the ego has created to stay connected to somebody. This is why we always want to fit in 
with the latest trends, the latest gadgets, the latest things, if we don't have that thing and someone says, why don't you have this thing or why are you not doing this thing? You feel disconnected and you're afraid that you'll lose that connection or that bond. So for me, letting go of that group of people that were going out drinking was terrifying because I felt as though I was leaving that group. I was disconnecting from that group. So it was like a, a death. It was a fear of death at the end of the day. And a lot of people out there that know that these groups of people are not valuing their health and that are creating destruction inside of their bodies, doing alcohol, taking drugs, et cetera, they want to leave, but they're, they're most afraid of that separation and that feeling of literally dying. When you lose that friend group or you create space and time between interacting with them. And that's that's what I had to do. I had to, just to create the space between my interactions um, with these people. And then it just naturally and organically unfolded. They started to pick up on the fact that I was creating space. And then that process just naturally took place. It wasn't like coming in hot and hard and going, guys, I'm done. We're fucking done. I can't be around you anymore because what, what we're doing together is really destructive to my mental and physical wellness. It was more of just respecting, creating boundaries and becoming aware of the capacity that I had for those environments and, and people. Yeah, that's incredible. I think as well on that connection, I think it comes down to that yeah, survival. Like if you're being vulnerable, that then threat, that innate want and need to be connected and feeling like they're belonging, like vulnerability literally is risking the fact that you might not be accepted anymore. You might not be included, but it's also in our nature to want to be authentic. And vulnerability comes in there when you're being authentic. It's like that constant push and pull, like wanting to be connected but wanting to be yourself. It's so hard to find both. And that in itself is a bit of a journey. And I'm curious to find as well in this path that you're on, the balance or what you kind of sway between passively and actively kind of living the life that you're wanting to live. Like you've woken up to this new form of consciousness and maybe wanting to change habits. How much was passive letting the universe and like, the energy dictate that and how much was like, no, I want to implement this and I want to create this. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And to answer that, a lot of it was a deep trust in the guidance and intelligence that was coming into my body, into my awareness and a surrender to the fact that this was, this is what I'm meant to be doing and this is who I am. So that was scary. That was a real a real fear of, of letting go of total control and trusting in where I was being guided towards, especially because my family, my friends really challenged what I was doing, you know, especially my family at the beginning. Now they've come full circle, which is the most amazing thing, you know, to experience and be a part of, but to begin with a lot of resistance, but a lot of it was, it was, it was very passive. It wasn't the choice that I was I was making consciously it was a more of a surrender to what I had to do and what I was being guided to do and that was coming through in the stillness you know a big a big step or a big moment of that was shifting and moving from Mount Maunganui and coming over here to Australia and and joining Ru on this journey you know and where I was at right then and there made no logical sense for me to move over here I just set up a beautiful community in Mount Maunganui we had an awesome flow going together. I was building an amazing reputation in myself. I was building an awesome client base in the mount. I was creating, finally, for the first time ever, 
enough financial stability in myself that I could begin to invest in myself, meaning massages, Cairo, organic food. I was having the ability to be able to invest in myself. And for me, that was the first time I'd been able to do that since I can remember, you know, leaving school and starting to make an income. I was week to week for a very long time and my relationship and blockages with money was was huge. So for me, logically, it made no sense to leave. I just built my reputation. My van was completely finished. I just finished it. It was, it was mint. Summer was beginning. Like it was like I was so excited for summer. And then all of a sudden, you've got to go to Australia. You've got to join Roo. And you've got to spread this message across Australia. And man, like the resistance that was coming up for me was huge. It was huge. I was like, no, this makes no sense. I, I can't do this. Um, no way. And and that was the comfort that was beginning to build in my ego in Mount Maunganui, you know? That version of me, that part of me was like, no, right, you can't leave here. You're the you're the breathwork guy in Mount Maunganui. You've created this awesome network. You're creating abundance for yourself. Like you're beginning to create an awesome reputation. There's no way you can leave. And, you know, at the same time, witnessing that voice or that guidance from something greater greater than myself was saying it's time to go you've got to go you've got to do this trust and it was a matter of surrendering to that fact and going all right let's go let's do this so i literally quit my full-time job which i was working in sold the van that i just finished let go of the community said my goodbyes and and left to australia you know knowing one person on the gold coast stepping in here to the space of discomfort was profound a profound growth opportunity for me it was like the beginning of the journey again no one knew me i had no reputation here i had no sense of community it was just rue who had been connecting with online and that was it you know and then i was thrown in the deep end in this community to like lead with him and just for for a moment reflect on that and and I look back at this moment as a, as a big challenge. It was a big challenge on my journey because I was stepping into a community that was half developed. Rue had been talking about me doing the same thing in New Zealand. I'd come to Rue's community. These people are like, who's this guy? You know, and who's this, who's this guy? So I was being judged. I was being criticized. I was being um, overviewed. I was being looked at. I was being questioned around everything and everything by this community. And that was an awesome opportunity for me to stand on my power and my truth and just do what felt right for me and speak from from my heart. Um, yeah, that was that was a big challenge. But reflecting back onto the passive and, and the more conscious, the choices, you know, since then there's been this responsibility to to uptake the embodiment as a as someone who leads in the space and someone who teaches and educates in the space. The embodiment is the most important piece. So consciously pushing my edges, taking myself into the challenges and exploring every single corner of my being you know and that means plant medicines it means deep breath work journeys it means physically pushing my body in the gym pushing myself in the sauna pushing myself in the ice bath you know trying all of these modalities to really understand myself to a, to a deeper sense because something i always teach and, and bring to my practitioners when we're educating them is that we can only meet others to the depths that we've met ourselves and we can only assist others out of the places that we've taken ourselves to. So for me, that's really important to make sure that I have done my due diligence in myself and taken myself to those places and explored every single part of myself so I can to meet somebody in a similar way and resonance and understanding 
you know, and, and understand them and see them and, and hold them through that and away from experience rather than from knowledge. It's a really important piece to to educate our practitioners in. So, yeah, the conscious practice is that continuation. It's the upkeep of my mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Mm, that's incredible. And what advice would you give to someone that's maybe starting to open up into this world and starting to feel that, that conflict that does come up when you start delving inwards and realising you want to be living maybe a life a little bit differently than what you are or just having these realisations where change needs to happen? What some advice would you give to those people? To trust in yourself more than you've trusted in yourself ever before. To trust in, in the feelings that you're getting in your body. To trust in what feels right for you more than what sounds right for you. And, and know that when you do create potentially separations or put boundaries in with people that are not agreeing or not understanding where you're at, trust, trust that there will be people that come to you that do get you, that do understand you and do believe in what you're doing. And when you do meet these people, it'll be the most amazing feeling because you will feel not only totally yourself, you'll feel totally seen and understood by another person. And those friends that potentially may be left behind in a way, they have the opportunity. They have the opportunity to to join you. And that's exciting. So inspire them to change as well and inspire them to reflect. And, you know, I still have friends that that have been with me since the beginning. And, you know, a lot of them did create a lot of space and, and challenge, but I've still got a couple that, really understood from the beginning they don't get it they don't get it fully but they are happy for me that I'm happy and if your friends are happy that you're happy like hold on to them hold on to them once and again just keep trusting in yourself trust in your feelings trust in where you're being pulled to and start to recognize and build that discernment in yourself you know start to tune in with this thing more because your body knows everything it is so intelligent those feelings that you get throughout the day start recognizing them start recognizing the difference between what feels really good and what what causes closure what causes that anxiety feeling what causes that tension in your body and when you can start to work that mechanism the more you can follow your true north and follow the guidance that your body's bringing you Mm, trust is such a big one it's so scary to leave that like logical mind and tap into the body especially when you're not guaranteed an outcome like it's such a scary but amazing place to be in when you're guided by trust or feeling because you can't consciously be like okay this year this is happening and this is my path and this is what I've got lined up but I think it's pretty incredible to just reinforce that as well like trusting in the process and trusting in yourself because you tap into some kind of like knowledge or understanding that you wouldn't get by logic. And that's been really incredible to see what's come from you trusting in that process and creating the community that you have. It's been really, really powerful. So I really appreciate you coming on and having this chat. It's been incredible. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been really awesome because, you know, it enables me to reflect as well. And, you know, the, the practice of trust is consistent. It's not something that you do and then you're good. Like it's, a, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing to implement and to practice. It's a, it's a practice. It's a, it's like a muscle. It's it's like going to the gym. It's like reading a book. It's a muscle that we need to work constantly. It's that self trust. So yeah, for those listening, know that I'm not any better nor any worse than you. I'm I'm practicing every single day, 
and that's all it takes just implement one thing every single day and yeah know that wherever you are is perfect and we're all going the same place we're going to the same place and if we can just alleviate a little bit of challenge in our life and suffering from our life by creating stillness and implementing a little bit a few of these practices like it's amazing like that's all we can do is just help ourselves out you know instead of hindering and and you know what to do you always know those that are listening going yeah i freaking know what i need to do you know just just do it do the thing trust yourself there's going to be support and beautiful rewards on the other side of that i love that thank you well that wraps up this week's episode If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow Explore Your Core on Spotify and Instagram to be updated with more episodes and share to your socials to help more people be able to follow their passions.